set you heard our feedback you are now i asked for blinds and instead i got a beware poker players in loose women poster is that what that is it's like a metal poster and those are those are blinds too down uh, okay all right i was gonna say yeah you uh you look much crisper i think uh i think this is a huge upgrade all right um yeah yeah it sounds like any any other big home improvement projects in the last week I got my Wi-Fi working. Okay, no more hotspot life. No more hotspot. There you go. And you have a generic black hat on. Yeah, I only buy generic hats, no logo. There you go. See, I wore. I have a generic red hat that I like, and then I get like roasted for it, and so now I can only wear it when I'm doing, you know, characters. People, people, the generic hats really tilt people. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I mean, I put the tweet out. Are you, how triggered are you that I'm wearing a mesh jersey right now? Well, I didn't even read the tweet. I just re directly retweeted it. Wait, do you Ron Burgundy these retweets? I could say, you know, Brian is one of the dumbest people <laughs> I've ever met. You just smash retweet it. You could have. <laughs> you definitely could I need have. to start experimenting with that. I, mesh, that's not, uh, what is the gorillas? What is that? It's uh, It's it's actually a music blog. It's my that's favorite nice. music blog. Not the same thing. I know. I was trying to trigger you. It's okay. Brian. It's 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 hot here in Massachusetts. The humidity's up. I need to wear a tank top. I need to wear a jersey. Technically, there is one man behind this music blog, so I am wearing like another man's jersey in a way. And I just want to make sure it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's not the same thing. Is is that Boston game gonna play? What I need? Uh, I need Boston to play. What? I don't even know. I, what what sport is this? Baseball. Baseball. I mean, Brian, some of us are gearing up for a sport that is still like, you know, two and a half months away. We can't be bothered with sports that are going on right now. Uh, all right. Fair enough. What? Uh, so what? This is uh, you're, you're worried about. Oh, is it a, a delay? Is it in Boston? We did have some thunderstorms here earlier. Yeah, it's in Boston. Looks like uh, 7.40 Eastern. You want me to give you a boots on the ground take? Look out my uh, blinds here. Playing, huh? Yeah, let me give you a meteorology report here. Yeah, you you do that. Oh yeah, whoo! Some dark storm clouds rolling in, Brian. Uh, I would get those Red Sox out of your lineup now. Game's already started. <laughs> okay. Hope you don't have too much exposure, Brian. Did you play Ohani? That's supposed to be Otani, but. Uh... I'm, I, I don't even know. I'm probably, I just play them all. Look at you. The guy who roots for the Atlanta Falcons now correcting our chat on how to spell names. How That's far right. you have come. Both, both are right. <laughs> you think one was wrong. There wasn't. I was right on both accounts. It's true. Tomato, tomato, Falcon, Falcons. There you go. Um, Premier League, Premier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what's going, what's going on? 
with you these days? What what's uh what B is in your bonnet? Um, I'm looking how much Otani I got. Nine percent. <laughs> oh my god, he, he's getting rocked. There. Minus fourteen points already. <laughs> I assume that's relatively unusual for a score. That's bad. Uh, for a pitcher, uh, Davis must be crying in his beer. Yeah, this is we're talking about the uh, the pitcher slash hitter extraordinaire. Yeah, Otani here. Yeah, that's that's a rocking. He must have given up like four or five runs in an inning. That's no good. Oh well, I had nine percent down the drain. Down the drain. Hey, sometimes you gotta. What's the phrase? No one sacrifice a few good hens. No one to, to fold them. Eat a good chicken. I don't know. No one to save falcons. <laughs> um. So tell me the story behind this sign. Beware poker players and loose women. I've seen the like beware of dog sign. Is this um? Is this a sign from back when you lived with a bunch of poker players in a brothel? My mom bought it for me. <laughs> Dude, that is such a mob gift. Mm-hmm. Wow. It really is. Did she get a real uh, big kick out of the loose women part? I think I think so. Yeah. Um, or just the whole thing. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Does your mom, like, at your ch- childhood home, do they have, like throw pillows that say home is where the heart is and stuff like that. Um, kind of. Yeah. 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 There's a few few of those, those like Oprah sayings, you know, my mom loves that kind of stuff. Right. And she also, my mom, like growing up, she would have a theme for like every room in our house. So like our kitchen had a watermelon theme for a while. So like every little watermelon trinket Mm. would then go in the kitchen. Our uh, family room had an Americana theme and she like cycles through these themes. I think it's now a rooster theme. Uh, now that I got married on Cape Cod, my bedroom has a Cape Cod theme. This is what moms do. They love the themes. Okay. My mom does the seasons. She doesn't go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think she's, I think my dad's reined her in a little bit these days. It's like, you can't just go to the store and, and buy this just every, you know, watermelon trinket anymore in yeah. this economy. I think he's lost that, that war long ago. We had the same sign in our poker room in college. Fun fact, not a lemon, not a lot of women visited that Dude, house. like this room. <laughs> <laughs> no way, Brian. Once they hear about the successful DFS player, who just sold his apartment at the top of the housing market. They know you have all that money squirreled away in very reliable cryptocurrency. (laughs) (laughs) NFTs and crypto. (laughs) Do you own any non top shot NFTs? Um, I don't think so. Okay. No, I was going to do, I did, did, I didn't mention this before. I was going to do some piece of, the any of the art stuff we were looking at months ago and i never pulled the trigger and it was still the same thesis i had the whole time i don't think dfs bros and sports spreading bros are gonna make decide what the art art market is this is kind of like the new art market i like like andy warhol types are gonna figure this out and make it cool you know what i mean now that might be they might be right but i don't know i think it's kind of a bit fucked up and like how many i don't like this whole uh, economy anyways so like 
it's not like you can just sell a hundred thousand dollar NFT like that. Like no. we can, we, we have that problem right now. <laughs> we don't know if we have that problem. Have you put our Jokic up for sale? No. So how do we know if we have that problem? You want to put it up for a hundred grand? See if it goes. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Might as well. I fast finger it in for 10 bucks and then we're fucked. Yeah, seriously. No, I mean, think about this though. It's, you know, it's, it's probably worth 75 and then you get a 25,000 lulls bump, you know, people just wanting to have <laughs> an NFT that was owned by lulls. Uh, yeah, I doubt it, but maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beeples are right next to the metal bro signs, 25% off. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, some some of that stuff. The uh the Beeple auction that does look like a, a very interesting point in history in retrospect. Yeah, I mean the, the um the apes and the uh the punks, I guess they're a little different. There's like that whole game aspect to them, the rarity parts of it and stuff like that. But to me, it just seems like the new art market. Yeah. But what do you mean by who who decides it because i would say right now it's i wouldn't even say it's dfs bros and sports betting bros even though i think that makes up a good chunk of our circles who are into it but it's it's more like just the twitter kind of cognoscenti and that includes crypto twitter it includes sports betting and dfs twitter it's almost like that hive mind in general i wouldn't i wouldn't say the dfs bros of the world are are shaping art direction I might be, I might be in a little bit of, of a bubble. That's fair too. But like, I, you know what I mean? I don't see like uh, uh, Doyle Brunson going to Christie's and deciding the auction in the sixties. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see, uh, I don't know. It's hard to picture. You mean the Peter Jennings of poker that Doyle Brunson? <laughs> exactly. That's, what I, that's my point is I don't, <laughs> I don't see them deciding, you know, and like Andy Warhol's like, mm, mm, Doyle's right. This is, we should take this to, studio 51 or whatever the hell that studio was well how do you to me though there are so like the beeple stuff in a lot of those one of one uh artists Mm -hmm. um to me i feel like those are fairly analogous to the art stuff but don't you think there's a little bit difference like if you take the apes and you take like do art to certain art like have a giant community aspect around it that has the kind of avatar utility stuff to it i don't know it feels like there's something more there yeah, than it's, it's a bunch of rich it's a bunch of rich snobs community i wouldn't like, say but the whole reason bored apes took off that. is because the real life art market oh real life art yeah, real yeah. life art market yeah they have a community you're just, you're not welcome there <laughs> neither am i <laughs> you know what i mean they have trust me i i know some of them there they and they have like like art galleries and stuff like that. And they're getting a bunch of art funding from the state. And, and so what you're, yeah, I think what you're saying. Yeah. Their, their version of the online water cooler and flexing is just in real life at cocktail parties, art galleries, that stuff. thing on the wall that costs 200 grand. It's a whatever thing I wouldn't know. Right. You might end up in the Jackson Pollock section of the art museum here. You know what I mean? Like that shit makes no sense to me. But it's worth millions. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you like the idea? I hear about this idea of flexing a lot of, you know, your your profile picture, your crypto punk, it shows that, hey, I'm someone who can afford, you know, a $50,000 JPEG. Uh, we even see like the screenshot life. You know, I, I've seen uh, one time a, a Brian 
screenshot of your your DFS account. Does does flexing appeal to you? Um, that was a one time thing for been the better person. <laughs> <laughs> someone have, who needed to be flexed wrong on. with someone else flexing. I got nothing wrong with it. This is one of those like things where I don't care if you wear a jersey. I just I just think if you think about it logically, it makes no sense in that in any other context. I don't care if you flex. I generally probably won't. Yes. For the most part, I never I've never have. But I mean, I have bought <laughs> nice things to, when I was younger to try to get girls. So like what? See, I've actually never done. I don't this. want to go down this road, but go. hang on. No, I do. I really want to know. You can't. You can't just leak that out and then not expect me to follow up. What have you purchased? A nice car and a house and shit like that. That that's not ridiculous. I thought you were gonna no, say like, a, like a, a a watch or like a boa constrictor or something. Well, I, I did buy a boa constrictor, but <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. But I, but it's not like you're just buying it just for yourself even if you think you are did it work yes yes it does <laughs> <laughs> but like it, okay uh, does it does it work in that it's just like a signaling mechanism or is it like no now they expect you to spend lots of money on them i think it's mainly a signaling mechanism yeah speaking of getting canceled yeah um, yeah, this is the, this is the kind of story I wanted <laughs> buying a big spitter chain in high school. Like I, I want like the dumb stuff you bought, like a, a crotch rocket motorcycle or I don't something. I know what a spinner chain is. Is that like a big, uh, gold chain with something? Yeah, on the yeah, front yeah. You spin? You're so uncultured. Mm. Um, thank you for this comment, David. Um, yes. My yes. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting how, it, it, there is like those levels where a lot of the crypto punk stuff can feel like a flex, but then like with the board apes and some of these other stuff, I think people genuinely like the idea of feeling like they're a part of something that they're a part of this club. And it was accessible to, to most everyone who wanted to be, it wasn't at, you know, a $15,000 minimum price point. Definitely flex. That flex is definitely tough to signal. Yeah. I doubt your board ape is going to be, you're gonna do a bar like check this out like what the fuck is that no no, no but 60 grand no but that's it's all an online flex yeah no one no one is gonna care about you that in real life dudes. but i even see these nft influencers and they'll be like the amount of followers i got when i change my profile picture to a crypto right. punk or whatever it's like that the flexing is all in the metaverse good luck showing off your nfts at a bar to a stranger right but that that, that now that i could see followers Yes. Then that's may, maybe that's the overall flat flex you're paying for. Yeah. And if you go on like, I don't know, um, whatever date, uh, Tinder or whatever date, then it's like, Oh yeah. You know, I got, I got 20,000 followers, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Um, thank, thank God I'm happily married and I've never, uh, even had to have that thought cross my mind of saying that to, to a stranger. Oh yeah. But if you weren't, Oh, if I weren't, dude, I'd driving. be walking around. We actually just hit 20. Oh, I dropped my phone with my Twitter open on my profile. Oh, yeah? 22.7K? That do anything for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it was Andy did say that. I will say in Andy's defense, um, he basically did it as like a trial balloon experiment. Andy can uh, afford basically any NFT he wants, and he was doing it with the uh, the board apes. Uh, I love Andy. That wasn't shade at Andy. Um, a metaverse flex is the worst kind of flex. Uh, yeah. I mean, right now, because the metaverse doesn't really exist. <laughs> it's like you're just flexing in an empty parking lot. Is the met- is the metaverse like those um, those uh, art museums with NFTs in it or whatever? Yeah, I think like where I heard about it is, so you, you have the Larva Labs guys, they release CryptoPunks. It's purely an avatar project. You change your profile picture, whatever. Then they do the me bits thing. And that's like, it comes with like the 3D files and in that kind of rendering with the concept being once there's a true metaverse and you're walking along and going to your metaverse concerts, you're your actual me bits 3D avatar. So they're like saying it's the next evolution of avatar projects. Mm. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I got no, I got no, pro- overall, obviously, I have no problem with anyone spending well, money however they want. I will say, like, as far as the metaverse stuff, tell me, would this be cool? I think it'd be kind of cool if we were doing our show right now, quote mm-hmm. unquote, in the metaverse. And the people in the chat had their avatars and we could pick like our setting. Maybe we're at a dive bar. Maybe we're at an outdoor concert venue, theater in the round, whatever it may be. We get to choose. We're in the metaverse. We're doing our show. And then we're seeing the avatars of the people who are in the chat, the the, the 53 yeah. people watching now. It used to be about 100, but apparently we've fallen off. Um, and... And then you could see like their avatars. Maybe it, maybe it, when they, when you do a chat, it looks like you, you yell something, you have your like top shot moments draped around your neck in a spinner chain. I don't know. Like some of that stuff could be fun. I, I like it. I like that, that, that the museum that I walked through, you know, obviously online with the NFTs was cool. That whoever built all that shit. I, I'm, I'm down with it. Throw on the uh, 3d head goggles. I know I do really need, I have my Oculus. I need to do something with it. I've just been, I haven't gotten around to it. I need to do it. I, I, I mean, I love that shit. Like, um, spending, I mean, this started with that, just that idea of like, that was kind of enough for me to like, kind of like, eh, whatever. Like I, I could have been convinced to buy some of that, but I just kind of thought of it. Most of it is like artwork. And everyone I see on Twitter is just a sports bro. And like, what well, they have no business spending $100,000 on a piece of art. Here's the problem, though. I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I've seen yeah. a few of the people who have actually positioned themselves as art directors, as NFT tastemakers and curators that don't come from our world. Mm-hmm. And I think their takes are trash, too. So it's like, who <laughs> who ultimately does decide i think everyone's just shooting from the hip and they're like that looks cool or that doesn't look cool but is but isn't that the mystery of art the real art world for us right. as well where we're like why is this jackson pollock worth millions of dollars but, i do not fucking get it they get it i don't so i'm not gonna get involved so but why it seems though like you reflexively want to reject something that a sports betting bro likes or that might be a tastemaker type thing yeah, if it like if it was like let's just say predominantly female thing like knitting or something, <laughs> that's true. Come on, give me a fucking break. 
cancel me all you fucking want. Mo- Mo- Winning is predominantly female. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then, fucking the uh, DFS, uh, uh, Brunson of DFS, Peter Jennings goes like these fucking knitting. Uh, what are those things called? I don't even know what they're fucking called. Those stupid utensils they use to knit. These are the best ones, and they're two grand a pop. And I'm gonna buy the first set. I'd be like, yeah, I don't think you know what you're talking about. So my question then is, you then have to give me an authority figure I can appeal to for this stuff. You can't just say no one knows what they're doing, including these guys. Then someone has to have the con- credentials to be an NFT tastemaker. I'm saying that that who knows how it's going to shake out. They might be right. And right, I, and, and it's just a small part of my decision. Not not all of it. I could have. I could. I could be. I could be having an Abe Avatar two weeks from now. I'm not. No. I guess. I guess what I'm just hinting at is: is there any archetype of individual background resume where you would be willing to respect their artistic thoughts on NFT art? Like, yeah. Like currently, yes. So, I mean, but it would have to be like someone. Like no one I would know on like I follow online probably, yeah. Somebody in real life here maybe in Chicago, like like oh no that guy's the uh, blah blah blah. <laughs> I don't know. But like you're looking for someone with an actual technical art background who can appreciate these on a on a on a higher level than just us thinking something's cool or not. Sure, and I I just think also there's a chance that that world hasn't caught up yet with this NFT craze. And they will. And they'll start doing their Jackson Pollock. I don't know why I keep referencing him, but whatever. Fancy art stuff that I don't understand. And then that'll start getting popular and then shared in those communities. And well, who I just listened to this podcast about like the 1920s or something. What's like the jewelry store in New York? Like the legendary jewelry store. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. But like one of this guy kept trying to sell like white pearls. I guess they were they were like worthless. No one wanted them. And he was friends though with this jeweler in New York in like the 1920s. And like he goes, I'll tell you what, I'll put one of them up front. And they made like a necklace out of it. And I'm probably paraphrasing this story horribly, but anyways. And they priced it at like these high uh prices that this jewelry store did, or even higher, even though it was worthless and he couldn't sell it to any other jewelry store. But they all saw it in this window of this posh jewelry store and it started flying off the shelves and this guy made a fortune just from this this trend of this worthless and then you know how white pearls were are still to this day pretty popular right or at least they're kind yeah. of a meme in the jewelry world like something like that yeah right like they decide not me <laughs> not this not this group of people but like you said i mean uh, first of all like i said it's only a small part of my decision and and, and I'm in a bubble in my Twitter world too. So maybe there is mostly other people and art people involved already. And I'm not just seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Maybe, I, in, maybe I'm wrong. In, but maybe too, isn't the appeal of NFTs and this whole kind of concept in general is we are, I do agree. A lot of the bad things that come with NFTs, the pump and dumps, the influencers, the tastemakers, all pushing their own agenda for their own financial gain, yada, yada. But it is cool when you do see the some of these talented artists, like Fawocious is a guy that's getting a lot of pub right now. He was just on CNN and stuff where like 
they don't need a legacy tastemaker. They don't need some guy with an art degree to tell them that their art is worthwhile. They just put it out there in the market mm. decides, which I know you love the market deciding things. It just so happens in our bubble, a lot of DFS and gambling bros have decided these things are valuable and we might just be reflexively not liking that, but it doesn't necessarily change whether the art is good or not. Oh, I'm not saying, no, I'm saying, I, first of all, I couldn't decide anyways. Yeah. Right. Based off of just going to some of these museums, I'd be like, that looks like a, a painting a five-year-old would make. I don't get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I have no business judging it in the first place. Yeah. And it very well may be the case. I've already, yeah, I've already, I've already conceded that, that, and they're right. And they made some great early investments or something like that. But when you're looking to spend 50 grand or something, you know, I'm weighing the, I'm like, I don't really care. It's kind of hard to sell. I don't like this market at all. Anyways. Like, yeah, I have no idea what's going to, what's going to the nominal value and how it's going to change with the inflation. that's going crazy. I don't know if you're paying anyone's paying attention, but there's, there's an article of something going up in price every second. You know what I mean? Like if you're paying attention to this stuff. So it's, and it's like, and I don't think these guys, uh, these guys know, but you made a good point. I might, I might be looking at like one twelfth of the NFT world. And in that other, you know, 11, one eleventh or, or 11 out of 12 is a whole bunch of, uh, people who influence the art market as a whole. And it's already down that road. I don't fucking know. Well, I will say this to your point. I've seen, uh, I've seen lots of crypto bros, NFT influencers who like seem to have a good read on things from an investment thesis. What's the community look like? What's the kind of the rarity, like the trade aspect, but most of the like quote unquote art appreciation boils down to, I either like X animal avatar or i don't like there's not a lot of nuance out there right now like I, I can't even name like an nft art critic or someone that's actually critically analyzing these projects from an artistic perspective i haven't seen it right yeah and, and, the, and maybe the, the worlds will blend in together too where the guys who decide that the picasso at daily plaza here or the bean on the lake shore whoever decides to put those you know what I mean? In in Chicago and decides what goes in the art museum and what's expensive and what's not. Whoever those people are, once they start, and they're used generally probably older too. I think we've now, you've now become what you hate, which is a DFS sports betting bro pontificating about the value and inherent uh, nature of art, Brian. I, and I don't, and that's my whole point is I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I think that's why everyone is on Twitter and they're just like, I genuinely like the pickles. I genuinely, uh, genuinely like the chihuahuas. I think people are just buying things that like. It's an expensive pickle. Tiffany's is ever they're saying in chat. That's probably, that's probably it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was going to say Tiffany's was the first thing that came to my mind, but it seemed, it seemed too obvious. There was a long time ago. I haven't, I can't remember all the details of the podcast, but you know, one of those. You were too busy buying new houses and new cars to actually buy one of those girls their own Tiffany's bracelet, Brian. That's that's true. <laughs> but a few, actually. But um, <laughs> what do you think about this idea? And uh, Top Shot steals some of like Zed's, Zed's ideas. And you could like play your players against other teams and stuff virtually and gamble and, and like have a gamble on it. Yeah. I mean, have you seen it all? Like it, it didn't quite do it for me, but have you seen what moment ranks 
did with their they had basically like a dfs style game with moments you owned oh no that's kind of interesting yeah it was kind of cool like the scoring was a little convoluted and it was like i don't know just a little it was a combination of too simplistic like it was only a few moments but then also the scoring was convoluted where it was hard to sweat i think but there is something there there's a guy in in my discord i don't know if he's watching tonight fran millionaire he's always in my discord being like who wants to bet moments on the game tonight like wanting to gamble his moments uh and have fun with that i i do think there's some interesting stuff with that yeah something that I, I mean, I like that Zed uh, that they actually horse race. I think that's kind of cool. I've only watched one, maybe two. And is it still a straight line? Yeah. It is. <laughs> it'd, be t- it'd be tough. I don't know about doing the whole game or something. I don't know. They may, but something they can gamify it a little more, too, could be. Yeah. I love that part of Zed. And the, like, I think you can gamble on it, too, right? Like your horse yeah. Money. I was at, I went to a bar on Sunday night. Uh, with a couple of guys here in Boston that I hadn't seen in, in forever. And they were watching the new England revolution game. And then we were talking about top shot and they even mentioned, uh, Zed. And we were all saying like, how fun would it be if we could just tap the screen right there on one of the bar, you know, video game screens, pull up a race. All three of us enter with our horse. We can all just bet, you know, a little bit of Ethereum there, eight other random people hop in and we get to sweat, a race at the bar with our own horses. Like that would be so fun as far as oh, yeah. like a gambling sweat. I know you could go to a horse race bar that were legal right. horse race, but it actually do it in real life. But I mean like your own horse that you own. Yeah. That, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds and, me of a bar idea I had of, uh, so like a sports bar, but then you put like, you know, right at whatever you put an iPad or some computer display right there. And then you get like an affiliate deal with DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever sports book. And then, you know, lines on the wall and everything. And you could just bet right there, right at your bar, right at your, your table or right in front of you. Like a, like a casino, you know, where they have the, uh, the blackjack games and stuff like digital right in front of you at the, the bar like that, except with sports betting. Yeah. And I'm assuming it'd be legal. I haven't really looked into it, but cause it's not yours. It's, it's legal sports mobile betting you'd have to probably log in but maybe you could get some sort of deal where you log in on the the bars account right so no one you don't even need to have an account and you're obviously over 21 and then the uh like on your tab you're you're you're, you keep adding uh, however much you bet yeah it'd be it'd be very fun i just realized another now rhythm that this show falls into mm-hmm. we have the the vegas dave last week we we returned to that classic but you and i envisioning a better world for content for gambling for stuff i feel like that is we like kind of being imaginative with that stuff yeah i guess that's true that is true yeah I, i'm definitely i definitely think about that stuff yeah, it's it's like hard because when you say the ideas out loud, it it seems very cool and a world I want to live in. And then it's like, how long is this going to take? I mean, that's the whole thing with crypto in general. It's yeah. like the promise of crypto. It, it feels so tangible. It makes so much sense. And yet it feels like it could be 10, 20, 30 years away from being like fully realized. Yeah. And and there's the 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 risk of what will happen when the government really digs their hands in it, and they're looking at it. 
the Fed, the Fed had another thing. They're releasing more and more every day about what they're thinking about with crypto. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like all of these, not even just the United States, but now all of these governments are like, okay. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, okay, we get it. Crypto's a thing. We're going to do our own digital currency. So we'll give you digital, uh, but we're going to manage it. And it's like, wait, wait, no, the whole reason we like this shit is because it's decentralized and you can't control it. Right. And it's just a matter of like how they what how they want to handle it. I think regulation is inevitable. It's just you like you could regulate like three things basically. You could regulate the people, the currency, or the businesses. Yeah. So like to regulate businesses would be like how they did with poker. You didn't regulate poker or people. You said businesses can't proce process transactions from poker companies or online casinos. So like you could do that. You could you could say like businesses can't accept crypto or businesses can accept crypto crypto, but at a higher fee. And this fee is because crypto is X, Y, or Z, which is their standard playbook that it's causes global warming, it's racist, hurts minorities, whatever. Um, and for those reasons, we have to pay more to use crypto, could be something. They could do they could just do people. That would be harder. And then you would find people for using it or impose a higher tax higher than cap gains or something like that. And you force that through the IRS, which would just still be a random uh, sample, which is how most government, um, uh, how government mostly checks for their, for their, uh, uh, for like people doing illegal things. Cause they don't have big enough staff to check everybody. So they have to kind of like do random samples. Um, or you, yeah, or you just like go after crypto somehow, which would be easier than people, but harder than going after businesses. Usually they just use businesses and they just say business can't do X, Y, or Z in some fashion. And so like I think of it as like a bell curve where like on the far extreme end is out outlawed, you know, like a 1% or less chance. And then the other extreme end of the bell curve is like they don't do anything, right? It's totally decentralized, which they've already violated that for some things. But and then in the middle is what they're going to do in the regular with regulation, all the way towards outlawing or more free market stuff, and yeah. they'll probably end up in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it, it feel it still feels like for them, it's like this moving target that they don't even conceptually even understand what they would be drawing up regulation for. They're because they're it's they're way behind. They have no idea. Like when I was working at the state and giving updates on the poker legislation in Illinois here, which was eventually killed because of the casinos, which I, which Connecticut is having right now. We we're talking about this in, in the Discord earlier today. Um, so anyways, I had like some inside knowledge on that. And then eventually I had some inside knowledge on the DFS stuff. Cause I was working at the Capitol and, um, I would go on two plus two, the, the poker forum 
Yeah. Like, hey, if anyone has any questions, I can probably answer them. And their questions would be like, are they going to allow 200 man uh, sit and goes? Are they going to allow, you know, uh, uh, you know, like, like all like 10, 25 spreads on cash games. And it's like, it's like, guys, they have no clue what you're talking about. Like they didn't even know online poker existed. Like half of them didn't even know it was, you know, that they most fit the vast majority think gambling is a tax for stupid people. We've said that before. Like they don't. And, and then when it comes all comes down to it, and maybe we could talk about uh, the sports books, the sports book topic off this. Yeah. It has nothing to do with logic. It has everything to do with power and, and who has it. And, and then negotiating power with their allies and their enemies. Yeah. So like for, for Illinois, the bet, the rivers casino is a super powerful lobbyist group. Uh, the guy's last name's like bloom, I think. And he did not want poker because he, it was going to hurt. He thought it was going to hurt his bottom line and all the loose women that come with it. <laughs> Canceled. And, um, and and some of the like like horse tracks didn't want it, yeah, because they thought it was going to kill him. So poker like stood no shot. DraftKings in 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 FanDuel had a better shot. They had more money. They had a little bit more money. Fantasy was already accepted. People were a lot more people were doing it. And I, I was in a meeting a meeting with some legislators and Jason Robbins a long time ago before it was legal. And he and Jason Robbins was his argument was uh, why it should be legal was like imagine if you regulated Facebook in its second year, right? Like imagine how much pain and so, you know like problems you would cause Facebook. Yeah, and he he was I was sitting there you know I was a lot more experienced with the state than he was, and I'm like this guy has got no idea what he's dealing with. <laughs> No idea. Like they could give a fuck about that. That analogy, by the way, is logical. He's right. You know, that's a free market argument. But gambling is in their world. Like gambling is 100% the state's realm. Yeah. I I feel you have no right to gamble. We decide if you get to gamble. And I feel like that's a perfect segue into what's going on in Connecticut. Uh, our buddy Eric Belair was very much lamenting this in the Discord. I have the article popped up here. It's it's brutal. I'll, I'll just read a little bit of it. When Connecticut's new sports gambling law takes effect on July 1st, all of that will change. Connecticut will transform instantly from one of the most favorable states for fantasy startups to one of the most difficult. Effective July 1st will require any DFS operator that wishes to operate in the state to both A, reach a cooperative agreement with either the state lottery or one of the two tribes in the state, and B, secure an operating license by paying a registration fee to the state. One of the two plausible readings of this new sports law would be would limit each Native American tribe, as well as the state lottery commission, to one DFS partner, a result that would create a state-mandated triopoly. So with DraftKings and a well-positioned to pay a gigantuan sums to secure fantasy sports, this would leave everyone else in the industry fighting at best for one single available license, a free market, but a very, very expensive one. It's not a free market. Yeah. Right. People could go back through our episodes and we've talked about this a lot and ad nauseum. It's, it's not, 
It's not a free market by any stretch. And that's a perfect example in what will naturally happen in our, in our other states too. When you raise the barrier of entry so significantly, these small timers can't make it. We've already lost a couple of them. Yeah. Um, and I think underdog can't get in there. Um, and so like, they're going to, obviously it's Foxwoods and Mohegan sun, right? These are the two big casinos there. Yep. And they're probably going to go what DraftKings and FanDuel is going to be their partner. That's why they're saying. And then it's, it's up a bidding war for the third. And it's a third random one, which I've been on scoring committees. It's a, it's all bullshit. It's not corrupt though. Like where people think that they're giving it to their, to their buddy. Generally, like the scoring committee is actually like it depends on the size, you know, and who knows how they do it there, but it's probably still you put together like a group of people and they look at all the bids and then go over them. But these people have no idea. Uh, they're not experts in the field. They don't they have no um, uh, there's no incentive for them to choose the best one. There's no consequences if they screw up like it's it's there's all the, the whole thing is messed messed up. But, yeah, you, you're going to end up with three casinos and then we sit here and take it like bitches honestly we go oh thank you thank you for for allowing us to even have three i guarantee that's what 95 percent of the blue pill amoebas are are saying is well hey well we it's better than nothing it's better than nothing but either way my point being in most of these states is that's what it's going to end up being yeah three or four maybe five and it, it has zero logical consistencies. It's the same stuff in Vegas where you can go and in person gamble on everything in the world in person, but you can't play DFS. You have to drive to the California border to submit a lineup because right. it, it has nothing to do with the moral or, or whatever implications. It's all about whose bread is getting buttered, who stands to gain the most, and they create the laws around the power players. Exactly. It's the Machiavellian principle of achieving political power. How do you achieve political power? Act in a way that helps your allies and hurts your enemies. So like, okay, what does that mean? So in the the sense of like Illinois casinos, you have um, a casino that employs hundreds of employees in your district, brings in millions of dollars in revenue, and contributes to your campaigns and political funds. This is your ally. Right. And then you have underdog or some small company. They, they, they have no employees in your state. Right. They have, they have no, they're, they're an enemy of your ally. So if you hurt them and help bet rivers, you're going to have, you're going to achieve more political power in the long run. Yeah. So that's the incentive. What's the consequence, right? There are no consequences at all. And then it goes back to, oh, well, well, what happens if DraftKings and FanDuel have a duopoly or, or maybe a triopoly on this stuff? Well, then they they jack up rake. Like there's there's no other show in town, right? Like then all of this stuff is ultimately bad for the consumer. Less options. The bigger sites aren't, they have no reason to cater to the customer because you have nowhere else to go. Yep. And no, and and you're not there. They're there. They're in Springfield. They're at the Capitol. Uh, you know what I mean? So they're, they're kind of, so like, even if you got some halfway decent deal, it's going to be gone in a couple years. It's like the camel's nose principle of politics where um, you just get the, the nose of the camel under the tent 
and then eventually the camel stands up and just blows the whole roof up. So like the casinos in Illinois were originally uh, actual river boats that you had to board on the river. It detached, went on like a two hour tour and came back. You couldn't get off. So if you're going to go casino, <laughs> this is like in the nineties or something. If you're going to go on Not the, casino, the 1890s, <laughs> no, you actually had to get on there for two hours because th- this is their, this is the logic of, of morons with no incentives and no consequences or the wrong incentives and no consequences. So they're like, okay, fine. It's a le- it's legal because it's not on actually on the ground. And they found some loophole anyways. And then eventually a couple years later, they got the dock. They got the permanently dock, but it's still this boat. And then eventually that boat turned into a land casino. Right. And then eventually now there's like seven or eight casinos. And then when you want poker or something, you're fucked because you got seven or eight casinos that provide a lot of money, a lot of jobs, and a lot of incentives for the for the representatives and the uh, and the senators to uh, to to work with them. And and by the way, like they have lobbyists there, and who are the senators going to ask? They they don't know what's going on, right? Yeah. Like lo- lobbyists in some way get a bad deal because like let's say it's like a lobby you you agree with, like animal rights or something. Like you'd hope they'd ask like the animal rights person for advice on a bill, right? So that, that that's a, they would call themselves advocates, not lobbyists, but it's the same thing. Yeah. But yeah. So so they 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 only communicate with them, and so anyways, the reason I brought up the camel's nose thing is so like even if you get some sort of decent deal, eventually it changes. And by the way, DraftKings is no saint here, right? DraftKings I was I was at the room begging well, for. They benefit from this kind of behavior. Yeah, but back in the back before they weren't legal yet, right? And this is uh, Ayn Rand. Um, well, when you have power, I ask for freedom because that's according to your principles. When I have power, I take it away because that's according to my principles. So when they had nothing, they're like, "Come on, let us in, let us in, Illinois, let us in, uh, uh, Connecticut." Right. And then and then when it's like, oh, but then we're going to raise the barrier of entry. We're going to go. It's going to cost millions. Only a few. Well, you know, I mean, that's the that's the that's the way it is. We got to look out for the mob and compulsive gamblers. And, uh, you know, this is really important. Right. And then they're going to have like that that episode we did where they had the phone. (laughs) I think I think we did this. They had the phone in the casino, the white 100 gamblers phone. Yeah. (laughs) Like never been used. Yeah. Like that'll be at that'll be like on DraftKings like homepage. Like no 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 no, no we're helping. Yeah, it's almost as if people are incentivized to act fully in their own self interest at all times. Right, and so th- this brings me to what we we're gonna we were talking about with the uh, Spanky's tweet with like prop betting and stuff. Yeah, let me pull that up as you start. I think to set that's this kind up. of a good a good lead into how this whole thing, in my opinion, was people are thinking of like to. Um, I don't know what the word is, but maybe when you bring it up, it'll, it'll, it'll come to me. Yeah. Let's see. Where did, Oh, did I send that to you on discord? Let me find that. I think I sent you to you. Yeah. I got this pulled up here. So yeah. So this tweet was from, this must've been like later last week. Um, and so Spanky had this tweet here. Let me make this a little bigger. 
So first, this guy, Jeff, was talking about getting limited uh, on a sports book here. Spanky comes in and says, I'm going to take the bookmaker side on this one, crying dressmaker on a college football side, very different than crying dressmaker on a player points over under. Very interesting use of capital letters here by Spanky. Proposition wagers are hung as a courtesy. If you want to last longer, learn to win betting meat and potatoes, not cotton candy. Okay, does anyone know what book that is? Um, that doesn't look like an American book to me. It looks like Bet Online to me. Yeah, that looks like Bet Online to me. So, uh, I guess a general general re- recap here. Uh, it's a lot of people don't know that you can get banned for winning or limited for for winning at sports books, and it depends on the sports book. But in America, I think all of them except Circa, which only is in like. Colorado, they might be in one other state. They're not in Illinois. Um, they all, all the other ones limit. Um, now you can disguise your play in things like that. It's where you don't get limited super quickly. And then the like international, basically illegal sites or legal, but not Americans can't play pinnacle bookmaker. Uh, and there's probably a couple others that I don't know about. They'll, they take all action and they basically take take money and move the line. Like this is kind of the motto that Spanky always preaches about being a bookmaker, not a dressmaker, which is just take all the action you can. You're going to have a lower margin, but a bigger volume and you'll make you'll make all the money. Yeah. Um, of course, these books in the state don't do that. So if you just bet props and you win, like they're going to they're going to limit you. And it depends. Like, I don't know if anyone watching bets on points bet, but they they limit me. But they also, uh, every single bet I do goes through a review. Even meat and potatoes. And when he says meat and potatoes, he's like saying sides and totals and bigger markets where uh, the max bet's higher and they're getting tons of volume and the markets are sharper. So I responded to him, but what I think he was trying to get at here so, yeah, I said, wouldn't the logic of take a bet and move the line still apply? That's his his line, kind of. And at what what point, let's say it doesn't, like what point does the volume on the market make it okay to limit? So how big does the market have to be to make, like, if that doesn't, first of all, the logic doesn't follow. So, he, you know what I mean? Like, if you think it's, if you think just take a bet, move the line is what a bookmaker should do, then you could do this on any market. Um, But, like, I think what he's saying here is like more of less like you have to have a relationship with the book and play by the rules they want or something, right. like something along those lines. Um, and that's fine. Sure. Whatever. Um, but with the legal books, you're fucked any, any way you slice and dice it. And maybe he can build these relationships because he's, a professional better and he knows everyone in the industry, but basically anyone watching this, any normal dude, you're going to get banned and limited in American legal books. If you, if you even smell the winning, the, 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 the black. Yeah. It, to me, it, it seemed like he was taking like a weird take because there's, there's like the objective kind of, I don't know, uh, like how this should work. Versus like how you, how do you play the game 
within the rules that have been constructed by these casinos. And he's more just saying like, yeah, we just got to play the game. And it, but it's like, you're kind of pointing out like this, this logical inconsistency should apply to any of these types of bets. Exactly. Like, and it's also when we're talking free market here. And again, people could go back through some of our old episodes. Like this is not, this is almost as far as you can get from a free market. These are highly, highly regulated industries. They're basically public private partnerships. Um, they're far from a free market of like the shoe store down the street or something like that. And so like, where do you draw the line there? So like, I would say this is definitely where you draw the line for me. Like I am 100% a free market guy. I would be totally fine if they open up the market completely and then they banned me and uh, that's so be it. And uh, a book went under and I would lose money. So be it. We'd benefit so much more by having all this competition, but that's not the world we live in. So like what I think really this is, is like, like you, you're not getting Yeah, I don't think you're getting it. Like this is about political power. None of us have it and they have it all. And there's no, ch and there's no chance that like, uh, like hiding it a little bit or something like that is going to, you know what I mean? Like, oh no, the, the props are off limits. You got to bet meat and potatoes. Like you're still going to get banned. And, and there's nothing you can do about it for the, for the, you know, for the most part. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I missed this today, but, uh, OA was saying there was a Portnoy tweet. I guess I could go look for it here showing a hundred K money line bet with a reply with the same bet, having a $56 limit, uh, which sounds about right for, for their stuff that they've been trying to, uh, to push over there. So Portney got a hundred K in and somebody else got 56. Here it is. Yeah. So this was, oh, so, okay. So we do have Joey Kanish here replying. Um, yeah. So Kanish got a $56 bet on the same bet that, uh, Portnoy at his own, uh, sports book was able to place 110 K down on. Right. So this, this is seriously like the only way to change this would be to put together. We, we talked about this before too, some sort of, some sort of guy who's got tons of money and then you have to attack them legislatively with lobbyists, try to attack them in the media and soon like a three pronged approach. And like, this could be exhibit a like, no, like he shouldn't have the right to bet a hundred thousand when his consumer can't. And you could say that and still be a free market person because this isn't a fucking free market. It's a state project. They shouldn't be involved at all. They have no business being involved. And it's a handshake agreement between a few select gigantic casinos and the politicians. Yeah. So, like, you have to fight dirty. Just like they will. Sending 99000 in for approval. <laughs> Insane. So what? I mean, it's back to your playbook, right? You said it was putting the heat on someone like Portnoy who actually might have an ear to the decision makers. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't think he gives a shit. Nah. 
I don't I don't think he I don't think he gives a shit. He's just like a hustler kind of, you know what I mean? I mean that like a little bit of both both ways, the pejorative and like actually hustle hard worker guy. Like, yeah, I mean I, I think he thinks that like part of the deal is like, no, man, you get the sale. You get the sale. That type exactly. of thing. Yeah, he and he's a content guy. Everything is content. Right. Yeah. And and like he's so attached to that pen stock price. God damn, he doesn't want it to go down to let Joey Knish fucking get down 100K. <laughs> and he can justify it in his head like he did on that show where it's like, no, they're using bots and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. This is what I was thinking of doing a, doing a, a show if I ever have time of just, just like once a week or something where I go on Barstool, I make live bets, no bots, just betting props, and be like, okay, here you go. This is me. This is all I'm betting. And then they're 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 run by Camby, who by the way got both Connecticut deals because DraftKings has Camby and the other one was Camby too. So you're not getting three books, you're getting one. So same far. line at both books. Same lines. So for you it doesn't fucking matter because you need a line shop. Yeah. This is like you know like like the weed prices in California cost more than like buying it off of some dude in the street. Right. It's like they're. If you think if you try to think of it logically, it'll tear you apart. Like you'll be like, this makes no sense, but it has nothing to do with logic. It has to do with helping your allies and hurting your enemies. And when you think of that, all the contradictions make sense. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. They're fucking helping their allies. They don't give a fucking shit if it doesn't make any sense. No, they don't. It's completely fucked up. But I do like your uh your idea. I want to see Brian take yeah, down the Barstool tag, Sports. You budget. tag Portnay every time. And then he, it's like no bots, right? No, uh, uh, what was the other thing he complained about? Uh, I don't know. He had like three, three. There was the card counters. <laughs> That's what he <laughs> called Kadesh yeah, was I, the, I, the I card counter equivalent. Is it? Can I use a spreadsheet? Can I use right. a spreadsheet, Dave? Is that legal? Yeah. And I guarantee they're gonna they're gonna limit you, especially if you just ha- hammer lines. Yesterday I was watching the uh, uh, live before lock Osmo show and. Um, Trey Young got ruled out. It was actually pretty cool, like the evolution of all this stuff. It's it's fun. Where they were like, it's a DFS show, and they're like, they're like, all right, everyone hit the hit the props on uh, Lou Williams overs and blah blah blah, right? Because if someone get in the NBA, yeah. it's like free money. Hit the props quick, get in there. You got to bet the uh, or, or before the line moves for um, who who are they playing? The 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 Bucks, Bucks. yeah, yeah, right. And uh, the Bucks one I would hit, but I typed in there, no one even saw it into the Osmo chat. I'm like. That's a a good way to get to get limited because that you immediately flag your account as a sharp better. Yeah, you're you're gonna get you're gonna if you do that enough, you're gonna you're gonna get limited. And I don't know how how they'll do it in um, American sports books, but I've had on foreign ones they just reject you. They just go, "Here's your five hundred bucks back." Yep. Sorry, wrong line. They don't give a shit. Like. There might be some rules on that, but there's like rules in Illinois where they they're not allowed to do one way lines. They still do that. So, um, now listen, if you're not a winning sports better, you know, hammer that shit all day long. That's what, the, and this is what's it's gonna hurt everybody because you're gonna if you're gonna if you run hot or if you run lucky or do something like that, chase steam on an injury on a prop or something like that, you're gonna get banned too. Even though you suck, it's gonna it's already happening to people. Um, this is all doom and gloom though, because there's really nothing you can fucking, (laughs) nothing you could really do about it. Yeah, it is. 
it's very demoralizing, especially just in the context too of like this fantasy sports stuff. It it, it all it feels like we were moving forward in the right direction, knocking down the states. How long have you and I been talking about when's Massachusetts going to get legalized sports betting? I mean, I think year. a year ago we were talking about it like, oh yeah, it should be right around the corner. Like yeah, this, over a year probably. And then squeezing out these providers, like these sites, like I love playing at underdog. I love playing at FFPC, these smaller providers that provide niche products that aren't offered well by DraftKings and FanDuel. Like that sucks for the consumers like us that like finding, like playing these game types, like finding edges in some of these less, you know, monolithic places. Like it sucks. Right. Oh it, yeah. It's awful. And, and by the way, these principles extend to all sectors. You're getting screwed a hundred different ways. You just you're just not an expert in those fields. Yeah, cars, deal car dealerships, liquor 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 um, monopolies. Um, in Illinois, we have like these sectors uh, of regions that are like dedicated to certain car dealerships, and they're just like set in stone. And like when if they ever try to la- change it every ten years, like hundreds of car lobbyists come in and stuff. That's why like Tesla was so hard to get to be able to sell in Illinois. It's, it's, um, it's, it's never ending, but like, if you like, again, like if you think of it as logic or like, man, why can't like, why isn't this, it doesn't make any sense. So then they'll, it doesn't make any sense when you think of it as a normal human being who's not thinking this like in a Machiavellian game theory sense. And so like, it'll be like, well, they could raise revenue and you think of all these things. And it's like, it's so frustrating. Um, like why isn't this happening? Well, because they're helping their allies and hurting their enemies at any cost. So, for example, they'll be like, okay, um, what are we going to say? Problem gambling. Um, the mob. Even though the mob is caused because you made things illegal. The reason the mob ran casinos was because you outlawed them, you fucking idiots. The reason the, reason the fucking drugs was illegal and, and, by the way, expensive is because you made it illegal. So like they, they, Harry Brown would say they, they'll break your leg and give you a crutch. Right. So like, but not, but, but, but that's all bullshit in, in, in an effort to help their allies and hurt their enemies. It has nothing to do. And so like, you'll go through like I did and you'll look at the studies on gambling addiction and see that it's like barely higher than kleptomaniacs. Right. And you're like, okay, this is evidence. Like, yeah. Okay. Fine, buddy. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Take your evidence and shove it up your ass. Right? And I guarantee Boston has some big players yep. in the gambling world. But you would think DraftKings would be one of them. Well, that they are. They're, they are one of them. Like, they're set up at the Wynn Casino to right here, the new one, to have the DraftKings Sportsbook. They're very well-positioned lobbyist-wise. I, I mean, I, I don't read up on it enough to know exactly what's holding it up, but you would think DraftKings would be able to muscle this through. Right, which means there's someone there who has a lot of political pull. Yeah, maybe two, maybe a couple different groups. And yeah. I, and Boston's so old. I bet you've kind of had like the same regime there for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um. All right. We got to shut this down. But uh, yeah. this was a fun yet uh, also sobering and depressing conversation about the state of uh sports gambling uh, in America. Yeah, that was. Uh, I haven't ranted in a while. The people love your rants. Uh, Dave wants you to run for office. Oh yeah, well, what what position? <laughs> <laughs> Do 
chief chief uh, art uh, NFT art influencer. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, we appreciate you as always. Subscribe, yada yada. Audio goes up on the Lulls feed this evening. Brian, anything else cooking up in your area of the woods? Some uh, PGA ownership projections up on my website for tomorrow for free if anyone wants them. There you go. What at brick75.com? Brick75.com. There you go. All you need is a free account. Get access to Brian's projections uh, ownership-wise. All right, guys. I'm Pete. Brian's Brian. Poker players, loose women. See you guys next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.